0: Welcome in Between the Pylons. I'm Jared Camacho. And this is Jacob Waters. And we have a excellent show for you guys today. We're going to be talking about a little bit of football, a little bit of hot or not, a little bit of NFC 7 seed today. So uh, full, full docket, if you are interested in a really, really interesting power ranking show. We we just recorded it. I, I can't suggest it enough. I, I think it was good. I really do. Yeah,
1: we, we showed y'all an in-depth look at how we really go about stacking up these rankings behind the scenes. You get to see all the weird little arguments that me and John have off camera because normally whenever we do our power ranking show you get to see after the fight you get to see after we make up after the divorce
0: and whatnot <laughs> you get to see divorce this week you get to
1: see the arguments you get to see most of it and it's
0: good i, I i'm i'm really hope i think that's going to turn out really well i think people are going to like that uh yeah so check that out on the uh between the pylons youtube channel uh if you're listening on the podcast we appreciate you very very much thank you so much to underdog podcast network uh for hosting us there uh like subscribe all that good stuff Let, let's get right into it we're Doing two things today, all right. Two 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 things on the docket. Uh, we're in honor of Jason Garrett getting hand again. Uh, this podcast was not a huge fan of Jason Garrett, so nope. uh, no love lost there. Uh, but we'll, we're going to discuss that and we're going to talk about some other coaches, uh, you know, head coaches, position coaches that well, not really position coaches, but D- offensive and defensive coordinators that may also uh, be on the hot seat. And then, uh, th- we are also going to be talking about the NFC playoff rankings. Um, The 7th seed is up for grabs. Wide open. The 6th
1: seed is, too. six and the 7th seed. We focused a lot about the AFC last week, so we think it's only fair to, you know, with with the AFC being so close. Yes, the NFC is not as close, but those bottom spots right there, just as close. Mm
0: -hmm. Super close. We'll we'll get to that. All right, guys. Hot or not, uh, before we get into uh, the players or the coaches that are on the hot skeet, uh, Jason Garrett gets fired this week. I think it was, what, 26 games? I know he was the head coach all, all year last year, and then 11 games this year. Um, yeah, I was never a fan. I, I didn't like him going back to Dallas. Uh, I thought his offense was really stale for the amount of talent that it had. Uh, I mean, honestly, like at bottom to top, you could argue it was one of the most talented offenses over the past five years the Cowboys have been. Uh, for Between Dak, between that offensive line that has been stellar, between a great running back and who I think has fallen off a little bit, but it's been really good throughout his career and then some really good wide receiver weapons. Tough not to say that is one of the most uh, Powerful offenses on paper And Jason Garrett could never really Get it going I understand like they've added CD Lamb recently they've added other pieces recently But on paper it's always been Really good and it's just never been able to get going To the point where it really should have been other than Zeke's first year is the yeah, only year was, that I can think of He was
1: handed the playoffs every single yeah. year and would find those. Some, some way to miss that yes
0: yeah. uh, So that was unfortunate and then he goes to a team That's a little bit devoid of talent uh, Obviously Saquon Barkley is there But not utilized to the best of ability. I understand, hey, it's tough to do a lot in the NFL when you have the worst offensive line in the NFL. The Giants had that. It's not close. Uh, Most of their starters are probably backups on a lot of other teams. Uh, So, yeah, it's a a bad offensive line. There's no other way to say it, but you got to find a way. Uh, That goes for everybody on that organization. Doesn't doesn't look good for the Giants right now. Doesn't look good for Joe Judge. We'll talk about that. Actually, let's get into it. we, We talked about Jason Garrett. Is Jason Garrett the problem? Is Joe Judge the problem? Where are you at with this head coach right now?
1: So, Joe Judge, this is the thing that lets us know that Joe Judge is entering the stage of hot seat. Okay. When you look, Because normally, you will look at your coordinators first, and you'll chop their heads off as we start <laughs> working up the hierarchy Hierarchy of whose ass is next. And Joe Judge, you are getting to the point where your time is running out. You know, uh, this Daniel Jones experience, experiment, I think we know what he's not, and elite is not Daniel Jones. I don't mm-hmm. think he's ever going to be able to hit that potential. Serviceable quarterback? Yes, at times I see that. But Jason Garrett and his inept ability to use as playmakers. I mean, Andrew Thomas has more touchdown catches than Kenny Galladay, who you paid $72 million and your first-round wide receiver in Kadarius Toney. And Andrew Thomas caught that touchdown last in last night's game. That's sad. You have an inability to use the talent that's been given around you, I think that's one of the things that you carried with you, unfortunately, when you left Dallas. And Joe Judge, your name's going to be coming next. Like, you know, the Reaper's sitting there knocking soon. So get things on track. May, maybe, because I don't really know how much Jason Garrett had. I, I, I mean, he did have full control over this offense, and that's I think that's the main reason why they, they're coming after him. But something's got to get on track. I'm not going to sit here and say that they have talent enough to do that, but their wide receiver core, I think, is serviceable enough to where there's a lot of other teams in worse spots than that. Kenny Galladay, Kadarius, Tony, and Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, those four names, they go start anywhere else, too. It's a
0: ton of injuries on that. Uh, like All those names have been hurt, though. I they, they, will say no, that. Yeah,
1: interchangeable in and out, Kadarius, Tony, always finds some way to twitch or bang up something, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, listen, I, I, I agree. I... I Don't think Joe Judge deserves to be on the the hot seat. He's interesting. Yeah, but I, I, man, look, I think he's done pretty good for what he's had this has been a bottom five talent roster over the past two years really I mean we should look at the entire organization as a whole I, you know I haven't I haven't liked what Gettleman has done up until this draft actually I think this draft was probably my favorite draft that he's done and it was when he actually decided to move around the board trade back and not just take best available and refuse to move down or or, you know add value in the draft by maneuvering the board at all he was always really bad about that did good this past year but other than that yeah I haven't been in love with the way they decided to acquire uh, talent. And free agency, I feel like they've missed a lot, I'm trying to add big free agent signings that, like, really were just getting <clears> a payday. Were, they
1: weren't ready for that. Yeah,
0: right they weren't ready. They were not They were not top 10 tackles that are getting signed, and, and I'm blanking on the guy's name that came from the Patriots. That That is, like, the key point of, this dude didn't deserve all the money. I'm sorry I'm blanking on the name. I don't know if you have it in front of you, uh, but not a guy that I thought should have been paid. Regardless of that, I don't blame Joe Judge for soldier? this. Uh, uh, soldier, soldier, soldier. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, I, well I passed his prime <laughs> exactly. I think Joe Judge has done a lot for what he's had. I, I don't know Daniel Jones is the guy that will That remains to be seen. I think his ceiling, uh, uh, Daniel Jones' ceiling, is probably like a Kirk Cousins style. That's very much uh, is in line with what you said. We know what he's not, um, and, and that's his ceiling. That's right? his Kirk. ceiling,
1: Kirk. That's the you know like that's yeah. just Kirk, and then who can go up from there. Yeah.
0: Exactly, yeah. And I like Kirk. I mean, Kirk, that's not an insult. That's just to say he's a pocket passing, not super mobile. Well, he is no, a mobile Daniel quarter. Jones, has Daniel, some legs. Daniel yeah, Jones yeah. does have legs, but he's not like quick. He's not. It doesn't feel like he's able to to maneuver the pocket in a way that like uh, astounds me the way like a Joe Burrow can. And uh, you know, pound for pound, I think it's just an overall difference in just yeah, armability. You know, just Daniel Jones. Daniel him. Jones is like faster than a Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow, like he gets out of way. He can you know he can keep the play alive. I don't know. This is not a, a Daniel Jones conversation. So you're, you're
1: saying back to Joe Judge though that he's not on the hot seat, but I'm gonna say that the reason that I think we should have shorter shelf life for coaches is because of you know we I don't know I feel like we get into this mindset where I guess you have the Lions the Jets the Jags the Texans just primarily bad teams overall Mm -hmm. how long have they been bad let's look at what Bill Belichick was able to do and I know it's Bill but Bill honestly is a one-year turnaround yeah, We are straight up talking a one-year turnaround for With being a, rookie. a team that had absolutely nothing. They had guys that would be not even on the practice squad, starting Gunnar Olzwuski, at wide receiver who wouldn't even be on other teams' practice squads, playing meaningful minutes in the NFL. And Bill, in one year, was able to say, I'm going to take my hiatus, I'm going to let this dead money drop off, and I'm going to get back, reload, revamp. If you don't have the coach, if you don't have the right guy, and I'm not saying that Joe Judge is or isn't. I'm just saying it should change the way that GMs or higher-ups in the organization look at a coach turnaround and how many years we give them to actually get this done. Bill was able to do it with nothing. You can't credit him for having other things around him other than his own ability to what he did with this Patriots turnaround yeah, most recently. Absolutely. It's completely revamped, restyled everything, was able to fit all the pieces in the way that he knows and get his scheme going. What's taking the Jags so long? Years after all these coaches, what's taking? Yeah, you know, I'm trying to think of another one. The Bears.
0: Yeah, good, good, good. I know points. we'll talk about them later. But. Yeah, absolutely, so look, You, you, you brought it up. I think we said enough with Joe Judge. Uh, real quick on on uh, on Bill, Bill Belichick. I was screaming last year that he deserved to be the coach of the year with what he was able to do with the team he had. Uh, the fact that he that that team was not picking in the top five in the draft was absolutely amazing considering what they were working with talent wise. It, it was not good. It was it was abysmal, uh, and I don't think he got enough of credit for last year. And then this year, uh, the turnaround, like you said, absolutely amazing. I mean, he's absolutely coach of the year this year. I think we both agree with that. I know we talked about that earlier. Uh, you mentioned Jaguars and Bears. Let's go there next. All right, let's go. Urban Meyer, Matt Nagy. We, look, we talked about. Urban Urban Meyer a lot on this show. I don't have anything else to say that I haven't already said. I will let you kind of put a bow on on Urban Meyer. Where are you at with him? And we'll move on to Madness. Yeah, I
1: mean, I don't. I don't think. I think that there's a lot of swirling rumors and stuff about you know. Is it the right fit for Trevor? Uh, I want to talk one thing about this story that I've been hearing is that the the higher-up brass for the Jaguars arguing with Urban Meyer about the the future of their offensive style, and that in itself says that Urban's still going to be there. Urban, Urban has time. He has this little marriage with Trevor Lawrence for now, if you will, and... Honestly, I'm going to agree with Urban, and I'll get into the story. It's it's talking about the type of offensive style and freedom that they are allowed to give Trevor Lawrence. Let's be honest. Trevor has not come out and performed the way that we thought he would immediately. We know a lot of rookies have some slow starts. You know, one of the most famous ones, Peyton Manning, led the league in interceptions. It was a very, very poor start to his career going forward on a bad Colts team, and this is a very, very bad Jaguars team, but Urban wants to simplify it. He wants to bring it back to what Dabo did at Clemson and give him a lot more easier one, two, three. We're going to only evaluate the right side of the field here on this RPO play, and you're going to look boom, boom, boom. It's going to go left side, bang, bang, bang. Whereas right now, he really does have a lot of freedom. There's a lot more in-depth Routes a lot more, I guess, higher pass progressions that he has to look for. And there's times where it works and there's time where it doesn't. So Jag's higher brass is wanting him to stick with that, wanting Trevor to say, hey, we got you to be this and it's got to happen now. Urban's wanting to kind of pull the reins back a little bit and get more acclimated with it, if you will. I don't know. I'm sure I guess you can tell my bias with how I word it coming from urban stance. I'm curious to think about what you think about that with Trevor, though.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, I'm in wait and see mode. Yeah. I, I still am. I'm not ready to make a, a, a final judgment. I think but I'm we, saying. Do
1: you think that you should? I, Urban's not on the hot seat, so okay. I like, yeah. put, put the bow on that for sure. Okay. But I'm saying when it, the argument behind should you simplify it for Trevor?
0: No. Okay. No, I, I. You don't. No, the Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be god tier level and type that, of and guy. And that's why you don't listen. Peyton yeah. Manning had a tough first year. It's a long career. I'm not going to judge him based off one season as a rookie. I'm I'm withholding judgment on all of these guys. There's no rookie in this class that I'm ready to to write off. Now, you can. next year, sure, I, we'll, they'll start to be judgment. But you do get that one year. year one, regardless of how good or bad you're doing. I I, I give it a year. I'll give praise to the guys that are that are performing well, and I will hold on and wait and see on the guys that aren't. Urban Meyer, hey, it was two weeks ago, they were able to get a tough, gritty win over the Buffalo Bills. We thought that was a huge win for him. The, the talent there is just not to the level that Urban Meyer is used to. Yeah. And Urban Meyer, at when has he really ever had the least talented squad going into a game. I mean Never. in college he very rarely did to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Obviously what Utah State, I think that was where he started way back I in the he day could go back then. But even yeah, when he exactly. hit Florida it was good to go when he left. Yeah. Exactly. So so I'm let's wait and see. Let's see what the talent I liked their draft overall. Uh, some guys haven't hit the way I kind of thought they would. Uh let's wait and see on Urban and that's again that's why I wasn't gonna overreact to the Urban Meyer being on he was it needed to be there because yeah, yeah, of the exactly. rumors. And then we
1: just got to put it away. Yeah.
0: Matt Nagy, on the other hand, I am the exact opposite. Listen, I thought Matt Nagy was the best hire the year that he started the the head coach for the Bears. I thought it was the best hire. I thought he was going to turn Trubisky around. Remember, Trubisky was coming off a tough year one in the NFL, but showed, showed enough uh, progress. And I thought, oh man, this is going to be this is going to be a great marriage. What three, four years later, however long it's been. I am done. I am out. I was out long ago, and I am still out on Matt Nagy. The offense is—he's not an offensive genius. He is in no way an offensive mastermind. The offense is stale, to say the least. Uh, Justin Fields did not invigorate it. He didn't. He hasn't like just—he has not put the put the team on his back by any means, and that's not his job. He should be helped by the scheme, especially early on. I don't feel he has been—not—not not in a, a substantial way, not in a way that really uh, pushes the the uh, metric. The best part about the Bears right now is still their defense, which has gone down over the past couple of years, but that should not be what I'm saying when I have an offensive uh, guru. That's the that's what he was praised yeah, to be. it was. I'm out. I'm out on Matt Nagy. They need to move on. I really, really, really hate that they let him draft a quarterback. I really do. I, I think they need a complete reset, uh, move on from the GM, move on from the head coach, uh, reset everything, and I genuinely, like I said, I don't like what they did. Was it Fox? Was he the head coach when yes. uh, Trubisky was hired? I I didn't like what they did then, keeping the lame duck head coach for one year with a rookie quarterback. I don't like it now. Do what the the Jaguars did with Urban and and Lawrence. Hopefully that works out for the Jags. It doesn't work out plenty of times in the NFL. I'm not saying it, it should. But when you have a lame duck coach that most everybody, most of the fan base, most everybody around the NFL knows is steaming hot on the hot seat and then drafting your young quarterback i don't agree with that i don't agree with that in any way uh so we'll see how this goes still have a lot of hope for justin fields i say he's gone where are you at with it
1: oh matt Nagy should have been gone before we ever started even talking about this (laughs) i am so against matt Nagy, and i feel like he has just ridden on andy Reid's coattails and Mm -hmm. that's what got him this job i'm gonna be very very harsh on him but i know the people in chicago will um chicago bulls got blown out last night absolutely blown out, but the fans didn't give a damn about the basketball game. Every single one of them, you can go look it up, was chanting Fire Matt Nagy. (laughs) Fire Nagy at the Chicago Bulls basketball game. This city knows. This city is wanting it, and I'm glad you mentioned John Fox and the way that they handled or mishandled that situation with having a coach give his last little breath of life to go get that quarterback. It puts your team and organization and franchise so much far behind, and you're cutting the Achilles of your new quarterback that you just drafted, and Having to put him in a spot to where he has to get acclimated and so much more pressure to go out there and do what it, do what he's supposed to do. It's hard. Matt Nagy needs to be gone. He should have been gone before they even made this decision with Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields. I think it's unfortunate for him that he's already having, I guess, a shorthand dealt to him because I've seen promise at times. Yeah, I've seen some other areas where I think that he needs a system around him to help him out and Nagy's inability to do it. I think the Bears have some of the brightest weapons in football. I know David Montgomery's been banged up. They have a serviceable offensive line. Not going to write home about it by any means. Allen Robinson is one of the most unsung heroes in the NFL. You have so many different weapons that you can utilize and use and for you to be an offensive guru come on man I'm out on that get him out first bus out should have left last week
0: All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, we have a couple uh, position coaches, uh, coordinators that I want to talk about, and then I have we have three coaches that like they're are they on the hunt? Ho- they are truly questions, I guess. It, yeah. We got to talk about, it, and I'm very interested. Uh, let's do coordinators first. Uh, Matt Canada, OC for the the Steelers. Here's my argument here because I put him on the list. Uh, Steelers offense has been, I think, very bland. I, I think their their run game, especially, it feels like they have like three run plays, and like there's not a whole lot of ways you can run the football. I understand that. Like, at the end of the day, like, there's only so many gaps. There's only so many cute ways that you can do it. I get that. Uh, I, I do think that, uh, I, I do think Najee's been let down a little bit by, by the run game. And I, the only reason I have this take is two weeks ago, I went back and just looked at, at Najee because I was just kind of curious, how is he really looking? And I wasn't blown away by the tape. But I was also like, man, same, run up the middle, run up the middle, run outside, okay? Like, it just looked exactly the same. Seems like every team has their number on it. And more than that, it, the passing game. I'm underwhelmed by the passing game. The passing, uh, the the scheme in general has been underwhelming. And when you have an offensive line that is worse than it has been for years, to the Steelers, Steelers always seem to have a good offensive line this year. Not so much. Just I mean, retirements and, and injuries have have hit them pretty hard over the past two years. And yeah, you have an aging quarterback. You have great receiver weapons that I feel like are being underutilized. Aside from Deontay Johnson, who is great, uh, I think Claypool has not gotten the amount of uh, targets that he should get. Uh, you know, it's just. Disappointing, it really is, and I, I do think he needs to go.
1: I get the disappointment. I'm going to give him, I guess, the thing that we do with a lot of coordinators and a lot of coaches is give them the excuse for the talent that's put around them, in saying that the Steelers' offensive line they had a lot of adjustments that they had to make on the fly, and even after losing Andrew Villanueva, losing one of the Pouncy brothers, like mm-hmm. they did, they still had a guy who's a, uh, a Pro Bowler and Kevin Dotson go down for the year mm-hmm. they are on so many backups of backups right now the fact that they're still able to go out there and do what they did against this past week against the chargers was very impressive to me this overall. is the best
0: yeah and Offensively, so, and, and, and this is i the guess best this
1: after this week is the worst time to talk about the possibility <laughs> yeah, of finding back kennedy yeah. but if you were to ask me but that's how it goes week to week we change these things so quick that's it flip of a switch you go back a couple weeks ago when the steelers came off of a lackluster performance to the lions in a tie ball game Yeah, Yeah. Matt Kennedy, you know, you start, Matt Canada, you start looking at different names as to where they should go and why they should go. But I'm going to give him the pass on the offensive line. All
0: right, fair enough. Uh, Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator for Washington. My argument here. Too much talent on that Washington defensive line for them to be as, as average as they are. Uh, I, I've heard the argument from, uh, from you know, I like to listen to a lot of podcasts that are, like, centric around first, a certain team. So I've heard a lot of, like, Washington people say, oh, well, they're just not deep enough. And and the guys are getting tired at the end of the game. I, I, I get that argument. But, I mean, you should, and, and granted, I know there's been injuries on the D-line now. But even at the beginning of the season when we didn't really have a lot of injuries to talk about on that Washington D-line, not not impressive. That D line should be getting after. You have first rounders all over the field there. Um, I thought this defense was gonna be a lot better than it's been. I I can't sit here and tell you what the problem is. I'll be honest. I can't sit here and point to where where I'm upset, but it feels like something's wrong. This defense should be better than it is. I don't know what's going on here.
1: Yeah, and, and that's that's why we start looking at who yeah. to point to. When there's some problem with the performance on the field, fingers get pointed. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's just that's just the way that this is. This league is a business and somebody has to be held accountable with whether it be the player, whether it be the overall scheme, whether it be the coach running the scheme. And for Washington to sit here and say that lack of depth or overuse and energy levels is a problem, that can be a way for fans to justify, oh, why we went out there and lost this past week against whoever it was, the Dallas Cowboys, whatever the case may be. But as a coach, that cannot be a season-long excuse because you have to have the ability to know the guys that you have the depth. I think that's one of the reasons where your coordinators and head coaches – become most valuable is the the depth and the way that they're still able to bump guys up, move guys around. You have that overall ability to because when a team gets banged up top to bottom and Washington's defense has, that's where your coordinators get to shine because you have to and I was listening to it this week talking about the Titans, but this goes to an overall just mindset of the way that things are. When you have these injuries, you're going to have weaknesses. So you're going into this week's game knowing, "Hey, we're going to give them this. You know, like, we, we can't do it all right now. There's just no way in hell that we can, I guess, spread ourselves out this much and be able to be average, below average in all these areas. Let's be good at what we can be good at and give them that weakness. For the Titans, it was giving up the pass rush and hoping that their secondary could come out and make plays. For Washington, a lot of areas, it's hoping that they can have some real big linebackers fill up and stop this run because they're just getting thrashed right now in areas that they shouldn't. Your coordinators, your coaches will be held accountable for it, and Washington's defense is probably the biggest underperformer of the year.
0: Yeah. I, th- I thought
1: it was something that could lead them, not to beat the Cowboys in the division, but I mean, I know we hinted at it. I,
0: I, I picked Washington to win this division. I did too. I did. So, so I was... I that's was the
1: biggest eat crow moment we have. Yeah, Two absolutely. Crows.
0: <laughs> Two crows. Two absolutely. crows, absolutely. All right, let's get back into some head coaches here. Uh, first one I want to talk about, and well... Should I save the big reveal for last, or should I go right now with the big reveal?
1: Why don't you come Let's, at me with mine, and I'll come at you with yours? All right. You get what, I think you know which way I'm
0: going. All right. Uh, go, you do, do yours. Let's yeah, I mean,
1: Well, I mean, I want to ask you if Pete Carroll is hot or not.
0: Okay, so yeah, Pete Carroll is mine. All right, uh, yeah, Pete Carroll needs to go. I've been saying it for years. I have, I, I, I've, I've quietly. This, this will shock some people. I've quietly whispered it for years because you can't really say it too loud, especially when you're not like a big name. People would just absolutely He's a Super Bowl winning attack coach attack you. Yeah, and also won what a national championship too. Great coach in his seventies. Stale offense. Stale defense. Haven't seen enough and when Russell Wilson goes down, they can't do anything. This defense was not good. We knew that coming into the year. The offensive the offensive line was not good. We knew that coming into the year. We had two things. We had a run game and a pass game, and that was it. And the run game was predicated—well, really, no, not even a run game. You had a pass game. That was had, about they it. They had an
1: identity to want to run. They, they wanted to run well. the football,
0: and I think they were okay at it. But then you lose your your top running back, and really just didn't have the depth. You drafted a first round running back that just isn't cutting it, uh, and a uh, and a Rashad Penny who's you know been relegated to third string roles. And your pass game, yeah, just wasn't good. Obviously, you know. Russell Wilson was the great equalizer for years, brought them to the playoffs every single year, it seemed like, and now we're finally seeing the drop-off. I get it's just one year. Pete Carroll won't be fired. He's not on the hot seat. I mean, he isn't. I understand that. I think he should be. I, I really do. I'm, I'm tired of every single year looking at it like, man, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Why can't you throw the ball? And then last year, after years of saying that, they finally they finally say, okay, we're going to open it up. We're going to start throwing the football. And they do it, and they're fucking awesome for, what, five, six weeks? And then it slows down. We're like, huh, what's going on here? This is, this is weird. What slowed down? And then they go to the playoffs. They make it to the playoffs. And you look at the scheme that they had, the passing game scheme that they had in the playoffs – was near identical to week one, week two. You didn't evolve at all. That's you can't do that in yeah, the Peaked at week ten. Uh, that, that's that's unacceptable. And I'm sorry, like you see it a lot. Listen, I, I will I will point to plenty of of OCs that I can point to that did that. <coughs> this year, I, I you know the Panthers offensive coordinator. I was very high on this year. I was very high on a couple weeks Jim in. D- dropped off. Has dropped off. Every defense has figured it out. It's done. Uh, I will look at the Cowboys OC the, more so to last year than Kellen this year. Uh, Kellen Mond. Yeah, yeah, more. Excuse me. Kellen Moore, look, I I like him a lot. I definitely think there's pros there, but has not not yet figured out how to truly adjust and readjust uh, throughout the season, and that's a huge thing. That is the difference between good and great. All right, and I understand I'm talking OC versus head coach. I understand Pete Carroll is truly the the CEO of that team, and and certain you know you can't blame it all on him, just the uh, the offense. But at the end of the day, it's been years of I feel like underutilizing a. You know, historically great talent in the NFL. I'm willing to say that I think a historically great quarterback. He has been underutilized, uh, and, and yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for a change.
1: So, it's it's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow because of the success that rides with Seattle and what Pete Carroll has done for that that just franchise altogether has completely changed the way that we view the 12th man, and they are a powerhouse that sits atop Absolutely. the NFL primarily. But it is getting to the point where me even in spite of their success last year, that fell with the offense. So yes, Pete Carroll gets to pat himself on the back for that. But what is Pete Carroll? He's a defensive coach. He is a defensive, schemed mind who wants to come out there. Legion of Boom built that. That's where he gets most of his praise for me from, is putting that together and having a lot of pieces. And you saw how quickly the Legion of Boom fell apart in each of their respective for the Seattle Seahawks. But look at where those pieces went. Not a lot of them succeeded elsewhere outside of that scheme yeah. for what it was. He did good finding guys that would fit those roles how many more seasons? Because that's why I said, in spite of their success last year, Seattle had a good product on the field offensively.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was a bad defense. Everyone knew yeah. they were a bottom 10 defense, whether it be passing, whether it be running. They were so bad, teams would prefer to pass the ball because that made their run defense better statistically just because teams wanted to throw it all over you. Mm-hmm. So Pete Carroll should have been able to recognize that. I think we're going on three seasons total. And it feels like they're always constantly looking for some new interior defensive lineman to plug up the gaps in the middle. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, it's just, how many more years are we going to give him, I guess, a pass on saying the defense is going to get better or the defense needs to get better? It's like, you have to do this while you're wasting one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in this generation's prime, in Russell Wilson. Yeah. So he's not there yet. It shouldn't, it, it should be talked about more and it shouldn't be this bombshell, oh my God, you just said that when we mention it. It really should
0: Alright, let's move it over to a guy who I think has been on the hot seat, at least on this pod, throughout the pod, but or throughout the year, but honestly if you were going to fire him, I don't know if this is the year. Uh, putting Doing pretty well, I feel like, overall. Mike Zimmer, uh, head coach for the Vikings, uh, listen, Vikings are are 500-team right now, but they're a couple field goals, a couple plays away from looking, at least on paper,
1: seven
0: or eight wins. like, yeah, 7- or 8-win team. Mike Zimmer, you know, I, I, you can't put it all on him. At the end of the day, you know, a couple plays, a couple moments that I, I don't really blame on the coach even. He put his team in a, in a good position to win. Uh, he's come out every single week and, and had a good game plan. Uh, he has been able to manage a quality quarterback and a, and a uh, Kirk Cousins. He's been able to manage a very, very good run game an average to below average offensive line and really below average to bad offensive line. I'll say it that yeah. way. And a defense that, yeah, it's good, but they've lost a lot of playmakers and they're still going out and and, uh, and doing enough to beat the Packers. One of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, give me get hot or not. Mike Zimmer.
1: It's hot. hot. It's hard. It's, it's hard to talk about because. There's so many times, I'm a Vikings fan, for those of you, if you're a new listener, whatever the case may be, I am a diehard Vikings fan. I've been all my life, and I wish I could go back and tell that little six-year-old me, quit, don't. <laughs> don't. I'm sitting there on the outside banging on the window like, no, don't do it. Don't pick that team. You can pick any team. Man, this team has hurt my heart so much. Be a Bucks fan. Trust yeah, me, it'll work it's out. Like, don't worry. Give it some time. You'll get a Super Bowl. You never would have guessed that's how that would have shaken up, right? Mike Zimmer, the biggest thing, I feel like this team around him, the players love him. He's a good guy. It's a good, like, scheme has gotten a little bland over the years. He has a lot of these defensive guys that he's held on to probably for a little bit too long. But the biggest problem that I have with him and with our GM Rick Spielman is just the fact that their drafts are horrible. Horrible. When it comes to the defensive side of the ball, and yes, I said drafts are horrible when we have picked up guys like Daniil Hunter, who's one of the the most dominant defensive linemen out there, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. There's a lot of good, promising, Adam Thielen, a lot of good, promising talent that this team has brought in and done a good job with, but their top-tier picks, primarily in the defensive secondary position, cornerbacks, horrible, atrocious. If we weren't able to get some old man Patrick Peterson this year, we are talking about Cameron Dantzler being our cornerback one having to dig deep on the depth chart for a guy in Mike Zimmer who that's his specialty. The same reason that I came at Pete Carroll's ass, if you're a defensive-minded guy, if you're this, I will only give you so many years to get that together. I do think with the way that some of our games have bounced, you know, really, really close games, unfortunate losses, things where it wasn't in Mike Zimmer's hand, he's putting the team in a position to win. This isn't the year that you do it.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate to say because honestly, you have a couple of their bounces the other way in some close games that you were able to win. A lot of blame
1: that on coaching, though.
0: Yeah, no. At the end of the day, but I, I, I get that. But I, I kind of look at it the other way. I really do. I, I say, are you putting your team the best chance to win? I mean, that's the. I mean, I, I, I let's look at the greatest co- coach quarterback combination ever. And I give credit to both sides. Bill Belichick was constantly able to put his team in the best chance to win, and Tom Brady is the most clutch quarterback. That when he's put in the best chance, he's gonna he's gonna pull through. You're right. That that's the job of the players to pull through. The job of the coach is to put yourself in the best chance to win. To pull through. This is this is a game of inches. All right. So it's not always gonna work out. I don't think you get rid of him this year. Ball bounces a weird way. Last one. Kind of feels weird to put this guy as the last guy we're gonna talk about. Maybe we did this a little bit out of order, but that's okay. Vic Fangio, head coach of the Broncos. Another guy I'm not ready to fire. I'm not. And the reason I'm not, and I think we disagree on this, I, I, I'm saying not hot here because I, I look at this team and I say, all right, yeah, this is a defensive-minded head coach and the defense is Pretty freaking good. Like they yeah. come out and they perform very well. Again, puts his team the best chance to win every time. I feel like he's getting the most out of you know guys that are drafted fourth, fifth round. Like he's getting the most out of those type of guys, which is a big thing for me as well. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you know I know he's not the decision maker as far as uh, personnel, but he's he's got some talent at, at wide receiver. He's got some talent at running back. I love their one two punch at running back. Um, I, their offensive line has been better, obviously, but it's not terrible. Again, it's like kind of like the Bears. Like I don't, I don't have any issues. Not, home, not going to write home about it. But you know, they they can perform weekly. That's it's not a hindrance to the team. We'll put it that way. And yeah, you haven't found the quarterback of the future. I understand you, we have a good placeholder right now uh, with with Bridgewater. Obviously, Locke isn't the guy. If Locke wasn't able to beat beat out Bridgewater. He's not the guy. Like, well, I'll put the as one of the biggest uh, Drew Locke fans. You know, I'll put the I'll put the uh, the sign away and and be done with the fan club there because he wasn't able to beat out you know Bridgewater. We'll will call it there. Um, but overall, I think this is a team trending in the right direction. Are they great? Absolutely not. But I, I do think they win the games they're supposed to win. Uh, they are not a super tar- super talented group yet. But I do think it's going in the right direction. Like I said, and two years in, I'm I'm happy with what I'm seeing, and I think it, I, I think there's there's progress to be made.
1: Yeah, uh, their drafts is one of the main reasons that I'll write home about Vic Fangio. I love some of the talent that they've been able to get in, whether it be high round, middle round, late round. I feel like they have done a very good job about having a good defense with a lot of depth, Mm -hmm. and you still have your big hitters. When you look at the offense, they have built this up. They just paid Cortland Sutton. Rightfully so, Cortland Sutton is a true number 1 wide receiver. Yeah, he may not be a top 15, That's fine. He's had some injuries banged up Mm -hmm. here and there. But Jerry Judy, I think, has the potential to be that top 15. You have Javante Williams, who we have seen this coming out party. I think he can be a true, like, one-cut, just dominant runner. And I think it makes the job of Teddy Bridgewater or whoever that is. Here's the downside. How many more seasons or how long are we going to go without somebody's ass having to be paid for for not having that quarterback position answered for? How long is it going? Because we had the miss on Drew Lock, yeah. so now we have the placeholder. I think this now, is a big last hurrah.
0: Yeah. Now, now I will say, uh, give, give this is this is what look we talked about a lame duck season for yes. uh, for a uh, for Matt Nagy. That's and, what this and is. I don't think this. I, I don't think next year should be a lame duck season, and it, it kind of sucks because this is not the year to draft a quarterback according to everything we've seen. It's not. Although you know it could be. We I, yeah, I haven't I haven't done it. I haven't done the research yet, so I'm not speaking for myself. I'm just I, those are what I've read so far. We'll see how that goes. If they get a if they get a, uh, a Rodgers, this team is a Super Bowl that, contender. That's what
1: I was about to mention. Yeah. Is the fact that if they I are able to land some some wild way, they get some of these. There's the, two Watson, stars: Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Those quarterbacks are most likely on the move. Let's talk about that and be honest. Broncos should be atop all those lists and I think if the Broncos would have the most impactful landing of all of those other yeah. teams that get and, mentioned and
0: I, I honestly believe the way they've been able to add talent obviously they've hit on early rounds and granted give credit where it's due to the decision makers and the GM and the, the team the guy that actually pulls the trigger on the draft absolutely fair I'm blanking on his name off the top of my head I know uh, you know uh, the quarterback is gone so I can't remember who replaced him either way the coach cultivates the talent right yes. so so give him credit too I, I'm, I'm excited man I'm Excited to see if they can like sell the farm to get one of these top guys, get get the uh, Rogers, get the the uh, you know the Deshaun Watson, whatever they have to do. I, I think this is a team to look at. I really. Do.
1: I've been bullish on it for a long time because it I'm reminds not ready to set me. It, down. it reminds me of Tampa Bay before they got Tom. yeah, This team is very well set up. Yeah. The skeleton, the bones, all of it is there. It's right in front of you. Because let's go back and think about that Tampa team and how, I guess, we didn't really consider them a contender on paper because of the man that was at the helm and Jameis at the time. Yeah. But my goodness, you put in Tom Brady and it's like, man, they got the weapons. <laughs> well, they got that good rec- line. Yeah. They got the good defense. They got this, that, and the other. If you're telling me you move Aaron Rodgers over to this team, it's it's what Bruce Arians was able to do by landing Tom Vic Vangio and the Broncos. If they're able to land an Aaron Rodgers or land something like that, and I know it might sound like a long shot, but they are smarter than us, of course, and they know their needs. Quarterback is a top that. List, and if they're able to do that, it's the next coming of the Buccaneers.
0: I completely agree. I think that's the the perfect analogy that I had not thought of. Uh, absolutely agree, and I'm not ready to move on from a Vic uh, who has been one of the best DCs for years and years and years. Don't move on from and, him. And and yeah, I think he's I think he's a good. If he misses as
1: well. out on this quarterback little dilemma and say they go draft a guy for whatever reason that they probably shouldn't or maybe maybe it works whatever the case may be if it works he keeps his job if he misses on this quarterback for the next i mean because teddy b's not the guy right you're not gonna rock him for two or three years and no a he's a placeholder exactly so i think wherever they shoot their shot with that the longevity of that quarterback is where vic Vanjo's job lies Depending on if it hits or not,
0: and that's so sad.
1: I don't think he's. I don't think he can afford to miss on that.
0: Yeah, and I know. Look, I completely agree with you. I think you're absolutely right in what you're saying. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's necessarily fair. Uh, yeah, for that a that's guy. success but, falls but, uh, on this. Yeah. Uh, but it is how it is, and you know that's that's the nature of the NFL. And if you're a good enough coach, you get another chance somewhere else. So yeah, let's move on to NFC seven seed, six seed, whatever we want to call it. Did not think that our hot or not segment would go 35 minutes. Good segment, uh, great segment, good good talking points all around. So uh, we might rush through this next segment segment a little bit here uh, but that is okay let me pull it up uh, let's get the list of teams that are gonna probably make the playoffs as of now in the NFC we'll write them off and we well, probably won't discuss now that' now is one through five yeah one yeah. through five is locked all right so Cardinals Packers Buccaneers Cowboys probably lock down their division, right? Like, There's there's really not a chance for any of those guys to lose. Maybe the Cardinals fall and the Rams get that division, although they're two games ahead of the Rams right now with a one game. They've beaten the Rams already, yeah. so looking regardless, like Cardinals are going to win that.
1: Playoffs are the destination yeah, regardless.
0: Exactly, and if the Rams win that division, Cardinals got that fifth five seed. So those five are, are locked in, alright? Let's talk about the next five. Let's talk about the next five five-win teams that we can talk about. Minnesota Vikings, Saints, 49ers, Eagles, Panthers are all five win football teams and I mean 3 of them 2 of them are going to get in the playoffs. Yes, realistically speaking. Where are you at? Let's, uh, obviously, you're a Vikings fan. Uh, let's put that to the side. We've yeah, talked about course. the Vikings a little bit already in this pod. Uh, let's go go bottom to top of that list and, and where you're at with these teams. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think we need to do due process and also include, as much as I don't want to, the four-win teams and the Atlanta Falcons and the Washington football team. They're only one game out of this. Yeah, and we still have, that's a good point. we still have weeks to be played yeah. where if a team goes on a tear— one, one thing that I'll point out is, the I guess, the trending down aspect in injuries and just banged-up team that is the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. I don't consider them the same powerhouse that I do that with the Panthers, Eagles, 49ers, Vikings, if you will, in that same breath. I think that they are on their way down, and I think that Washington football team has been playing some good ball. If that defense can really get going, Taylor Heineke is using the weapons around him and just making some plays that normally he doesn't. He's playing really, really well. There's a chance. If I had to pick, though, the two teams that seem just... I guess, right for what you would see playoffs, it would be the San Francisco 49ers and the Minnesota Vikings. That's taking my team's bias out of it. I think Mm -hmm. the Vikings have played a lot of good football. They definitely have their weaknesses about them, but also the Philadelphia Eagles I think have the easiest schedule going forward out of all of these teams. They still get to bounce around and beat up on Washington football team and the New York Giants, and that's saying that they beat up on Washington. Washington still has very much a fight to give, but We'll get to see how the division stacks up, or not the division, but the wild card seating.
0: Yeah, those are those are huge games. Uh, I'm glad you you included the Falcons, even though I don't consider them a team that should have been them, included. They, you mentioned them. Yeah, I, look, I still have a, a a bet out there to see hit, see them hit the under, and I think they will at four wins right what now. Was the under? I think it's it was seven.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah
0: I don't know yeah. that they win three down the stretch. I, I think it was seven and a half. I think that's why I took it. Um, Does a losing record make it? Does a losing record make it? Could play it, out, it? Could I mean based off of this? It just takes the yeah. The, I mean the
1: group losing together.
0: It, I mean eight and nine is a losing record now. So so yeah, I think very very likely that an eight and nine team gets in here. Uh, wouldn't surprise me a bit if these beat up beat up on each other, and a lot of these games are going to be played against some of the top teams yeah. in the NFC. Vikings play 40 this week.
1: I think the winner of that is a penciled in just to make it, just because of the way tiebreakers and seating would work. Yeah, not saying it would be at the six or the seven or whatever spot, but I think they're penciled in, and then they the other one would go back down with the rest of the field to fight for the rest.
0: Is that of the a game. is that a home game for the Vikings? Yeah. It is an away game. Okay, they they haven't lost at home. The Vikings yet, so. also
1: have the most travel distance left to be played in the NFL by. Far, they have twenty seven hundred miles left to be traveled. Jesus. The next closest team's at twenty one.
0: Oh, well, the Vikings aren't aren't undefeated at home.
1: No, I, I saw I saw them with a. The, um,
0: okay, I don't know why I was thinking they were undefeated. Well, there's at a, home.
1: there's a percentage right there that says they're at a they're at. 1,000, you know, but I'm not sure what, okay. what that is. All right, okay. well, I was looking at
0: the wrong thing. Sorry about that. It looks like the only team that's undefeated at home is the Packers and the Bucks so far. Um, and then the Lions, well, Lions are completely uh, defeated at home. Huh. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um sorry. All right. Um, where, where else do you want to go with this? What, what do you well, think, curi- the think the likelihood of the Eagles? I'm curious
1: to think yeah, about your, your thoughts on some of those. You know, I, I said I think the Vikings and, and 49ers are most likely to make it, but You know, you've been on Carolina for a long time now, and I like Carolina and Cam Newton and the efficiency that he was able to bring this week.
0: Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I'm not going to lie. I am. Why are you going to hate
1: on Cam now? (laughs) Go back to liking the Panthers like you did. You suck. Cam played a great game. He was one of PFF's highest rate. He was efficient this week. He was 9 of yeah. 10 for no, passes past 15 yards. He's good. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's good. He's, he's good. Um, all Go right. figure. John's just writing home about the Panthers all year saying, this is a team to watch. This is the team, blah, blah, blah. My favorite player of all time joins him, and he's like, no, oh, I'm out, man.
0: All right, play, play the Dolphins this week. Very winnable game. I think that's a huge game for both teams. We mentioned that a little bit on the uh, on the uh, very the, late bye week. Yeah, got a thir- week thirteen bye. You got the Falcons. Got the Bills, Bucks, Saints, Bucks. God yeah, bless. Yeah, you got the you got to play the Bucks twice in the last three weeks. I think those are going to be huge games. That and unless the Bucks aren't playing for the number one seed, which is very possible, they could have the division wrapped up and not be playing for the one number one seed. And they could give Tom Brady a couple weeks off. That that's, that that could be true. as... As early as week 16, it wouldn't shock me. I don't think it will happen, but it wouldn't shock me if it did. Yeah, but
1: we can't bank them making the playoffs on other teams benching. Yeah, well, I mean, for, I'm for just now. saying I know they would can. make
0: the playoffs if they bench Tom. I, I do think that. I, I will say that I, I think they can beat a Tom Brady list, uh, assuming Tom Brady would be out and all the other stars would be out that have yeah. any kind of injuries. So the backups they should w- win both those games. Uh, might sneak them into the they AC. I don't know. I just I, I at the end of the day, as much as I like the Panthers, I think their defense is good. I, I think Honestly, their their the offense is. It would
1: be better for them, too, because the, if the Bucks have the three-seed wrapped up and they would get to play the last <laughs> team, Panthers... Play. I mean, seriously, though, if you're going to play a seven-seed, would you rather play the 49ers? Yeah. And would you
0: rather you,
1: play the Carolina Panthers?
0: You get to play the Carolina Panthers, who you just saw prepare against you for a week, and you didn't even have... You didn't plan for I real. I want like no part cringe. of
1: Kyle Shanahan and what he can do in, this, in the playoffs. I really don't. That's no, a, I agree. It's a team that, when they're healthy... They could make a realistic run and be right up there with every single team out there. Yeah,
0: forty nine ers aren't terrible. Forty nine ers feel like the team that's going to make it. I, I think the Vikings are going to make it just because they also have the Bears and Lions I mean, on their. Forty nine ers got
1: to step up and show us, though.
0: Yeah, forty nine ers have a, a tough schedule. Well, no, they've already played those games. Uh, I'm going down here, so they got the Vikings this week. That's huge. They get the Seattle Seahawks, Bengals, Falcons, Titans, Texans, Rams uh, to close out the year. I, you know, they could. They, I think if they go 500 through the rest of the season, they're in. Yeah.
1: I agree. And, there's, there's uh, and they games should. There. They Seattle, should. Atlanta, and Texans.
0: Yeah, no, um, look, I think they actually beat the Vikings. I do. So I, I know that I know you don't it's, like hearing I, I that. I
1: think going to turn it. Yeah, I really
0: so I do think they beat the Vikings. I think they beat Seattle. They could easily win the next four games, and they're in for sure. So I think 49ers have it. I, I, that's the problem with this conversation is you went the exact way I wanted to go so we're, we're, we don't have a whole lot so to think talk 49ers about. So vikings Yeah, I think 49ers-Vikings I would like to look at the Eagles, I'm looking at I'm pulling up the Eagles schedule right now, just see where they're at. Um, Eagles have been trending up man, Eagles won have a slow start, two they have games. some impressive
1: wins, and they've done it with a high scoring offense yeah,
0: and they won three of their last four <laughs> only losing to the Chargers, which uh, was actually closer than I think it should have been uh, they get the Giants next week, they get the Giants and Jets over the next two weeks, then they get a bye High, come back wow. against Washington, Giants, Washington, and then Dallas to end of the season. You know what? They I'm taking it, it back. Eagles are going on a run. I'm, I'm taking it back. They on get paper, the Giants,
1: Jets, Washington, Giants, Washington, and then a Cowboys team who
0: could uh, very well not be playing for anything.
1: Man, they very well could be playing for the damn Division in that last game, though, if the Eagles go on this tear. Yeah. Cowboys are trending down. How far? The, the Cowboys are at seven wins. The Eagles at five? Yes. Man, that's a good tear away. I, I don't know. There's a chance.
0: Wow. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm changing there's a, it.
1: There's a chance.
0: I'm kicking your Vikings out of the playoffs, bro. I'm putting the Eagles in. Damn. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's 49ers-Eagles just after looking at the schedule. I, I don't see how the, the Eagles are in a prime spot to win the next six games they play.
1: I'm biased. I feel like the Vikings, the, the, if, if you're a team at the seventh seed, you would rather play the Eagles than the Vikings in the playoffs. I would feel that way at least.
0: Yeah, I, I do think the, the Vikings are probably better. Let me look at their schedule. Did we already look at their schedule? should be. Are we doing this again? Uh,
1: no, we didn't look at the Okay, Vikings yeah.
0: Let me yet. look at the Vikings' schedule just really quick. I know this is awesome still audio to catch for Lions, everybody. So I'm glad. Um, yeah, so we got 49ers, Lions, Steelers, Bears, Rams to finish the season. Um, Rams, Packers. Rams, Packers, Packers excuse me. Rams, Crackers, Bear. Okay, sorry. I missed the last two games. I, been, I ended it at week 16. I'm, I'm all over the place. Um, it's a hard schedule. That's a tough schedule. Yeah, you only get the Lions one more time. Uh, you get the Bears twice, so it's, that, it's that 49ers, could be winnable.
1: 49ers, Steelers, Rams, Packers. You never want to play got go 500 in that.
0: Yeah, Steelers are a tough game. You could win it. I'm not saying you couldn't, but that's a tough game. It's certainly not a gimme. 49ers are a tough game, not a gimme. Rams, you probably will lose too. Packers, you're not going to beat twice. I don't think you'll beat twice. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm taking the Vikings out i'm going i i am going eagles 49ers and uh and rams as the three wild card spots within the nfc that's my pick
1: any outside chance that there is just an absolute fall apart from one of these teams up top i guess it would have to be the rams or the cowboys
0: i'm going cowboys if there's going to be a fall apart it would be the cowboys it absolutely could be if so, they
1: somehow blow CD up and Lamb got her offs
0: C.D. Lamb got hurt. I think Amari's still out, right? Amari oh, still, Yeah, Amari was done. So they lost their top two spot, top two players. I, in my opinion, I know I'm in the minority here. They're playing Zeke more than they should. I think Tony Pollard is statistically the better quarterback. That's a fact. Running you can't back. argue with that. Statistically, he is the or, sh- better running back. Yeah, not the better quarterback. I bet he's a better quarterback. He might geez. be. Statistically, he might be. I don't know. <laughs> um, did you hear that part? Did that get on camera? No. <laughs> it didn't, so. Sam. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Sus. Uh, all right. Cowboys. Yeah, look. I, I think. Uh, Tony Pollard statistically is the better running back than, than uh, Zeke is he actually in real life Look, that's that remains to be seen, we'll see uh, either way, I, I could see a world where the Cowboys fall apart, Cowboys I really could Cowboys only have
1: 3 losses, but it's how damning those 3 losses are in the fashion that they just got their throats stomped on and they weren't able to get going in areas that they should they weren't able to capitalize on their opponents having their weaknesses it was the other way around they gotta, they gotta flip the script
0: Hey, they lost 2 of their past 3 granted, uh, week 9 against the Broncos I believe was without Dak, right? Dak was out that no, game. Dak was there?
1: That was no Dak's comeback
0: game. No, that oh, they're right. So they were out. They so he missed. He missed it against Vikings, Vikings without Dak. That's what it was. Okay, that was on Sunday night. Dak had a tough uh, game back and then got it rolling against the Falcons forty three forty three three. Lose but the then Chiefs they come out
1: flat against the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, so they're tough to. Yeah, I could see them have it. Look, they play Raiders, Saints, Washington football. They should win all those games. Could they lose all those games? I like, mean, not saying it's, I'm not saying it's possible. You said any chance. I would put it at like 10 to 15 percent chance.
1: Yeah, very very small chance, but ooh,
0: be careful. Be careful. All right, uh, we'll end it there, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Hey, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Help us out a little bit. We do appreciate it. And we will be back next week. We're out. Peace. Happy Thanksgiving.